Welcome back to the Making the Ticket podcast, ladies and gentlemen, where there is no narrative, just facts over feelings. My name is Chris, along with my co-host, Rashad Shah. Say what's up. What's up, y'all? We back. Let's do it. Let's do it. And if y'all haven't checked out our last episode, make sure y'all check it out on Spotify and Anchor, and it, it will be on Apple and Google coming very, very soon. And if this is your first time listening, we actually haven't introduced ourselves or even really given a reason of why we wanted to start this podcast, but... I definitely wanted to say um, off the bat, I really wanted to be a part of this podcast um, and have the opportunity to do it just because I personally don't like when the uh, bigger uh, name analysts, they always find a way to tie back um, something into like different players. Like they'll really get really off topic or or like say they'll be talking about a completely different player and somehow LeBron, a LeBron comparison gets brought up. And I, I personally don't like that. I think they really should just stick um, to the facts um, and not really be so narrative based um, as to what they're like talking about and how like they're filtered and what they're saying. So that's the reason I wanted to start uh, this podcast. Plus, I really love hoops. I- I've been a hooper since I was young, man. Like ever, like I- ever since I was a-, a shorty, all I had was a basketball. So that's definitely uh, two re- huge reasons why I definitely wanted to start this podcast. Shot. Yeah, I got to agree with you on that, bro. Personally, I agree with everything you said, um, especially the points you make about the analysts and all the stuff that they do, the lies that they tell. I feel like they do kind of push a lot of, not fake narratives, but they push a lot of biased stuff. Like they bring up biased numbers, they bring up biased scenarios, and they use numbers to mask everything that really go on. They don't really put context in the stuff. I'm here to try to debunk. NBA theories, Twitter theories, oh, yeah, and all man. these dudes be having. For sure. A lot of this stuff just won't be making sense. As a hooper, this is what you do. You talk about sports, no matter where you at, barbershop, Absolutely. in the car, chilling with the homies. Like, this is just what we do. So, <laughs> so this is definitely why I chose to do it. I agree with you right there, bro. So, all right, so we're going to just go right into our next section of the podcast where we actually are going to be talking about our preseason. Uh, rank for the end of the year award winners uh the awards for the most valuable player rookie of the year defensive player of the year sixth man of the year and the most improved player of the year um obviously the last year's uh mvp was Jokic. rookie of the year was scotty barnes defensive player of the year was marcus smart sixth man uh was tyler hero and then the, the most improved player was job Moran, um which nobody really agreed with but he had won the award nonetheless so I think we should just start off. Um, honestly, I think we should work our way up. Um, so I think we should start from who we think is going to be the most improved player uh, this upcoming season. Personally, I think uh, for me, my most improved player is actually going to be Jalen Green. I definitely like Jalen Green. He's an up and coming guard. Um, he can shoot uh, the lights out of the ball. He can play make a little bit. Um, he has quick hands. He's, he's super quick. And then the Rockets uh, as a team last year, they were pretty competitive. Um, they obviously they didn't win a lot of games. But if you look back and actually check in, in some of the box scores of some of those games, they were closer in those games than, than you might anticipate up against some formidable teams for sure. Um, so I definitely like Jalen Green uh, definitely stepping into his own in his second year. Um, I definitely think he can be a very bright spot in a very poor franchise. Arshad, who do you have for your most improved player? So my most improved, I went with Darius Garland, only because he steadily improved for the past three years since he's been in the league from 12 to 17 and 22. And he got a new running mate, Donovan Mitchell. So I feel like he got a lot of that scoring weight off of him so he could play more free. 
he could get more buckets. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna definitely go with um Darius Garland for sure. And he got more. I feel like he got more trust from his teammates now because they know oh, yeah. what he could do. They know he could you know explode on any night. So I feel for like sure. that's definitely that's definitely a good candidate for most improved. I'm gonna go with my man Darius Garland. Yeah, I I definitely support that him and Donovan Mitchell. That that's that whole. Yeah, that, that, that tandem is going to give the league a, a problem for sure. Going into um, our sixth man of the year shot. I actually, what do you, I want to know who you think is going to be a uh, possible sixth man of the year this season. Man, so my sixth man of the year, I got, actually got not three candidates, but three possible. So, yeah, I guess I got three candidates. So okay. I'm going to go with Tyler Hero, of course. Jordan Clarkson and I'm gonna go dark horse John Wall, a healthy John Wall. Ooh, okay, okay, healthy. healthy. I healthy. like Jay Wall. I like Jay Wall. Last year, Tyler Hero was getting buckets. You know, off the bench, he had 20 points. He averaged 20 points on 32 minutes, and he dropped it. He scored 1,100 points last year sure. off the bench. So the real bucks and Jordan Clarkson, he scored 1,200 off the bench, and he averaged 16 on 27 minutes. So I feel like Jordan Clarkson could definitely get in there and possibly do something. And John Wall coming off the bench. Because they say he backing up Reggie Jackson, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like him coming off the bench and healthy John Wall, it might be media pushed. But, it might be. It's possible. But um, I'm going to go with John Wall. It's a real dark horse for that six man. Who you got, Chris? All right, so my six man of the year, I'm actually going to go – I feel like this might – it might be an obvious pick, but that's cool. I'll take the low-hanging fruit, and I'm going to move on. I'm going to say sixth man of the year this upcoming season is probably going to be Jordan Poole, bro. Last season, this man was almost averaging about 19 points a game, shooting about 45% uh, from the free throw line. Obviously, that man got into a pool party whenever he stepped foot on the court. Um, then they obviously went into the playoffs. He was had some very uh, big games. He had some big moments more so than uh, big games. Uh, shooting anything from half court, obviously giving a momentum swing um, to the Warriors in that season. I really do think Jordan Poole could could really take that next step. Um, and, and he possibly could start averaging about 20, 20 plus points a game off the bench because we all know that Warriors team is a very uh, pass friendly team. Everybody passes the ball. They, they move the ball like that is like the offense that the Warrior plays. And. Since the Warriors play in that type of offense, I really do think Jordan Poole could have a, a very good opportunity to uh, to shine and really be the sixth man uh, this upcoming season. And opening night in that win against the Lakers, he had hella good bright spots. Like he looked real good. Like um, he made big shots. Nah, nah never mind. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'm fucking. <laughs> 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 nah, I get you, bro. <laughs> Hell no. So for my defensive player of the year, if y'all listened to the last episode we had, I had Anthony Davis as one of the candidates, but I also got Joel and B as one of the candidates. Mm. So to be honest, after seeing opening night, I know it's just one game. It's not even a that's not even a small sample size. But AD just didn't come with the same aggressiveness. No. Not the same all. intensity that, that we needed him to come with. Like, you could see it already. I'm definitely going with Embiid. Only because he finished second in 2018 
and he received some votes last season on the ballot. And in order for Filler to be in any type of decent, you know, standing in any way, shape, or form, he got to be playing at that level. He's not really under the same pressure as AD as far as getting defensive player to you and, you know, making sure your team is there. But the statement still stands. Like, I put him in that same category as AD. You have to be in that defensive player of the year conversation for your team to be in good standing. So that I'm going to have to say AD or Joel and B. I like that. Um, honestly, uh, I, it's not that I didn't like what I saw to AD the other night, but I feel like he definitely needs to be on the glass a little bit more. Like, I understand that AD doesn't really like off to me, bro. Yeah, like, I, I, but I understand he don't like to play the five. But, like, come on, bro. Like, you are the biggest dude on the court. You know, like, you if, like if you, you want to be the big dude on offense, but you don't want to bang on defense, like, and grab boards. Like, right, I don't, right. that don't make sense to me. It, I don't know. It, it just don't make sense to me. I agree. I forgot. I agree, man. So, who you got for your defensive player of the year? So, actually, who I'm going to go pick for um, Defensive Player of the Year this upcoming season, I'm actually going to go and pick somebody who has won before. I'm actually going to go for um, the history, actually. I'm going to go and say that Rudy Gobert goes out this season, and I think he ties the record for most Defensive Player of the Year awards. And I think he is going to get – Tie. I think it was uh, Batumbo and Wallace for four times. They both. I think. I think this is the year that Rudy. I think. I think this is the year that Rudy gets his uh, his fourth one. That's tough. I mean, just just last year, the man was averaging almost 15 rebounds, 2.2 blocks a game. Um, I think he was like top five in like defensive rebound percentage or defensive player percentage. And I think, like, his total rebound percentage was, like, first in the NBA with, like, 25. So I, I definitely think Rudy Gobert um, has an- another chance to be just as great of a defender as we all know him to be. Um, I don't know. I personally don't necessarily know how Marcus Smart won defensive player of the year last year. Um, right, that's man. neither here nor there. But I do think uh, this year uh, Rudy Gobert does take it home. Facts, facts. That's solid. That's a, yeah, I'm with you on that Marcus Smart, that Marcus Smart point, man. I, I just don't, I don't understand it. He won it though, so he, it is his award. Moving on to uh, rookie of the year. So now things start to get interesting. Obviously, uh, Scotty Barnes was the uh, award recipient last season, so but this upcoming season we got a nice little uh, draft class for sure. Uh, so Sha, who 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 are you looking at the most uh, this upcoming season? So I'm gonna go with the obvious pick, Paulo Benchero. You know, he the first rookie to drop that 25, 5, and 5 since LB. He's disgusting. He's disgusting. He, um, and he put up 17 and 6 at Duke. His body yeah. is NBA ready to me. I mean, he can't get bigger, but he got the size 16, 250. So I feel like his game going to fill out real good. So I got him as my rookie of the year. It's probably the obvious pick. Yeah. But I'm going to go with um Benchero for sure. No, I like uh, Ben Churro. Obviously, uh, he was balling in the summer league. So I really think uh, he, he has really good size, really good length. Um, obviously, at some point, he is going to have to put on that NBA muscle, as, as all bigs do, um, whether that be this upcoming offseason or whatever that is. I definitely think that he probably is the most favorite to win rookie of the year. Um, I mean, nobody on the Magic is is competing for him for touches, like truly, like 
that man is going to be the number one scorer on his exactly. team. He definitely has the potential to be rookie of the year just because he's so big. Like, I don't even – I don't think that really a lot of – there's going to take some skilled big men to stop him. I will say that. I'm not going to say that he's going to be unstoppable and all of this. Like, he's a rookie. Like, you know, he's going to earn his dues. But I definitely think he definitely will have a, a, a good impact. Uh, another person I think possibly could have a good impact uh, Jabari Smith, um, just want, touching on it again, I do like the Rockets. I think the Rockets are a very exciting young team. Um, as far as them making it to the playoffs, or they, we're, they're not, I'm not saying that. Like, nobody's saying that. They might not even get 20 wins this season, you know. But, like, I'm, I'm just saying I think that they're a fun team. They do like to compete. Um, and I, I think that this is a, a, a very exciting offense to watch when they're all on. So I think Jabari Smith can also be in there. And another person uh, I definitely just want to mention, um, Homer pick, definitely looking uh, at uh, Jalen uh, for the Bulls. I, I definitely want to see how he he performs this season. Obviously, um, that is going to be very interesting, especially because we are kind of at a, a, a lack of guard right now with, with Zoe being out. So, That'll be very interesting, um, especially because I believe I saw a report that IO is, is starting. So we definitely team IO. Let's get it down. Let's get it on. Uh, let's see, Red. All right. So moving on to the most prestigious award of the NBA season. Obviously, uh, Jokic has been the reigning MVP for the last two seasons. Um, so honestly, the only competition I see him uh, having this upcoming season, personally, Gonna be Giannis. Giannis is, is obviously an MVP favorite every single season, so it comes no surprise to anybody at all. Um, I think obviously the Bucks being healthy, they will make it pretty far, and they're gonna make it as far as Giannis uh, goes. Um, obviously, I was watching to um, his his uh, Euro League uh, performances. He was like on another level, and obviously the Euro League is different. But a lot of players say that the Euro League is significantly tougher to, to score on definitely than, uh, harder than, the to NBA. The, than the NBA and Giannis was destroying those European teams so I mean it, it's Giannis and obviously the talent that Giannis has is second to to literally none um it's amazing to watch him play I definitely think that he comes out here and captures his third MVP um this upcoming season I had Luca as a crazy pick and I had Giannis as a pick for sure, mm-hmm. only because they both. Well, Giannis, it's hard to compete against Giannis when it comes to the MVP. He just do so much. He the best sure. player in the league to me. He do it on both ends. He a leader, and without him, that Milwaukee team not doing nothing. At I all. mean, you could say that about a lot of other stars, but the supporting cast of other stars is a lot higher too. So, I'm gonna definitely have to go Giannis or Luca. Luca, I don't know. That's kind of like an off the wall pick for me, but Luca definitely was doing his job last season, and he finished fifth in the voting, I believe. I believe fifth. I know he finished behind behind um, Devin Booker for sure. Yeah, he definitely finished fifth. I like Luca. Um, I I don't know what it what it has been for me. I think Luca is a very very talented player. I just don't think anybody. Um, outside of what Jalen Brunson was like the, the past, like I want to say like season and a half has been for Luca. They really haven't surrounded him with anybody that like has been really good. Like the Chris Tapps, Porzingis thing that failed. Now we're trying Christian Woods. 
Um, Maxi Kleber was supposed to be like kind of the quote unquote replacement for um, Porzingis, but he he still has his own little role with the team, which it works when he's on, he's on when he's not, it's like, why are you even on the court because it's so bad? So honestly, I, I, I like Luca. I do. I like, I don't necessarily like the Mavs too much as a team, but I agree on that part. But I, I, I think Luca, if Luca won the MVP, I don't think anybody would be surprised. Moving on to our next topic, uh, we actually are going to discuss something pretty fun right now. Um, obviously, it's a little premature, um, possibly, but I, I definitely think uh, we should just kind of get those picks out now before we start actually seeing too many games. Um, into the season and like then decide off that um so we are going to decide who we think are going to be the two teams that come out of the west and the east um to be um in the finals matchup shah do you want to start that off for us yeah i kick it off bro so for my conference finals picks for the eastern conference i'm gonna go with milwaukee versus brooklyn or milwaukee Mm. versus Philly. In the okay. Eastern Conference Finals. I want to say the Bulls, but I just what Levine got going on right now, missing the first two games and this nagging knee, I'm just not sure. I mean, DeMar can only take us so far. Yeah. So, and in the West, I got Golden State and the Clippers. Hit me out though, real quick, Chris. I'm gonna, I'm Let's gonna... say, for example, Golden State beat the Clippers and get to the finals. I feel like they beat Philly, beat Brooklyn, but they might lose to Milwaukee. Just because of Giannis. Mm. Like he, he just might be too much to contain. Yeah. And so then they come out of the East. No, I like that. I think I like I, I like the Bucks coming out of the East a lot, actually. Um them the uh, oh that's oh that's a good matchup too. I like that. I like that. I like the Bucks coming out of the East. I think we're pretty spot on. I uh except the East. I do have the Warriors going up against the Clippers. But I do have um, the Warriors taking that series in seven. Um, I don't know. I, I Something happens in the playoffs, and I think Stephanie Curry just gets more special. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with the Warriors over that. And also because I do think the Warriors are probably going to have home court advantage just because I believe they're, they're going to be the first seed. I, I don't really like – I don't like anybody's chances having to play four games in the chase center um, when it matters the most. Um, and then in the East, I do have the Bucks, but I I have them fan, fan facing against the Celtics. Um, last year, I know that I wasn't super big on the Celtics, um, but for some reason, I, I have a slight feeling that JT and, and uh, Jalen Brown, I feel like that they're, they're gonna just click. They're gonna get it. They're gonna get it early this season. Um, I think they're gonna carry it over. I think they're hungry. Honestly, I think they they had that taste of it, and I think that they're gonna you know. There, I feel I do feel though that they they will struggle at the beginning of the season, and if for any reason at the beginning of the season if they start off very hot or even somewhat hot, like we'll say if they win twenty three plus games, I think that would be a decent start before the All Star break. They win twenty three plus games going into the All Star break, I definitely think that they can easily come out of the um, the East. All right, so that is going to wrap up our preseason section of our podcast. Um, so now what we are going to talk about, we're going to talk about NBA. 
Uh, we definitely we had some NBA um, last night. We had two games. We had the uh, the Lakers versus the Warriors, and then we had the 76ers uh, versus the Celtics. Uh, quick note that I just wanted to make: uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum both dropped 35. So th- that was stupid. That was okay. We're gonna get into it, but Rashad, what what game did you want to start off with talking about first? Actually. We might as well start off right there. Let's do it right there. So, all right, let's go. I'm gonna start, start with the Celt. We're gonna start with the Celtics and the uh, 76ers. So, I mean, James looked good. He had 35. James back. And seven. James back. I'm not gonna lie. You know, James might be back. <laughs> James definitely looked good. He had five and nine threes in the process of doing that. Can we get this jam consistently? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's too early to say. Know. Over time, I guess we're just gonna have to see. But I don't know, man. I guess we're just gonna have to see. But Time and time again, we saw James Harden had these spurts and then something happened. So we'll see. Maxi had a solid game. He had 21. And um, and B did good too. He just fell in love with the three, I believe. Like, and that's the thing about these big men. All they want to do is shoot these threes. But um, if Maxi, James, and then B can combine for like 65 plus a game, right. Philly would be Philly would be in good shape. Boston oh, yeah. played. Um, with good energy, confidence, and shit. You know, they stars look comfortable, and they seem focused, like you know, from the jump. Even with all this, he made joke and stuff going on. Yes, for sure. They were solid. You know, thirty-five and twelve from Tatum. He looked like he was in an attack mode from the jump. Thirteen to twelve overall with the double double. Like you just said, Jalen Brown stepped up and matched him. That was crazy. So he went fourteen to twenty-four from the field. So they just look ready, you know, for another deep run. And they control Joel for as much as they can, you know. They did. They as did. much as they can. So and that no, that that's that's impressive. Obviously, Joel still had his way. He still shot 50% from the floor, had 27 or 26 points, uh, have I think 15, 14, 15 rebounds, something like that. Um, so he still had his way, but early in that game, they were like really like making it rough for him. Um, he he was get he was really trying to draw some contact fouls. Um, he didn't get a couple calls, obviously, you know, whines about it, whatever. But, I, you know, I, I like the 76ers. Now, I don't know, like you said, I don't know if we're going to get this consistent James Harden um, for however long James Harden or however many games James Harden is going to play. Um, hopefully right. we do get this James Harden. Uh, we don't we don't need him to get 35 a night, though. It, it's going to be nice, but we also understand that James Harden is going to have his three for 11 nights. And he may have more three for 11s than he has nine for 14s. And that's fine. Like James Harden that's is getting cool. up there in age. We're not, we're not acting. We don't need James Harden to be the MVP James Harden anymore. We but, just want James Harden to be enough to help Joel Embiid win his first chip. We the 76ers have been fluking in the playoffs. So obviously every single season they believe that it is their year. Will this be the season? Only Tobias knows. <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, going into the, the other game, we do have the Warriors versus the Lakers. And honestly, this one was just ugly. From start to finish, as far as the, the Lakers are concerned, I think Bron at the half was like five for 14. It, it just was – it was not – it didn't look good. It was – yeah, it, it was a bloodbath, to say the least. I ain't going to lie. Yeah, they. I know they, they kept in it um, early on in the game, um, and then the Warriors at the end of that third, and then the beginning of the fourth, and 
by that point, it was it was over. It was over. We we know Steph was gonna Steph. Yeah, <laughs> we know Steph was gonna be Steph. Uh, ended up with thirty three points that game, seven assists. I, I mean, four steals. Like, what wh- what else are we expecting? Andrew Wiggins actually looked pretty good. He had twenty points. Clay looked fine. Eighteen. You know that that's that is we. This is the post the post um uh, leg injury Clay that we have. So um, I, I I can fully accept Clay being in in eighteen to twenty points a game player, especially if uh, Andrew Wiggins is going to step up and become the number two option possibly um, in this starter rotation above Clay, if that's the way that this is headed, just because I know Clay was on limited minutes yesterday. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think the Warriors look good. Lakers have a few issues. Um, I also tweeted something about the, the Lakers, and a lot of people might not want to hear this, but it looks as if that first game, it looks like Russ had the most efficient night as a Laker. And it took this long, which is crazy. I was just about to touch on that. He had the highest percentage on the team, and he dropped it with a double-double with that 19 yep. and 11. Nobody talking about it. They'd rather drag None. him. And None. that's the reason why we're doing this podcast, because of shit like exactly. He He shot one to three from three, knocked four or five from his free throws, and everybody was getting on him for free throws, shot seven to 12, 19 points, 11 rebounds, um, and uh, ten or eleven rebounds and three assists. Yeah, and he only had four turnovers. Four turnovers compared to like the five turnovers he was having at the beginning of the year. I mean, AD had three, Bron had five. Exactly. Beverly had five. I'm sorry, Beverly had one, but they they had multiple. They had multiple turnovers at the team. So we're not gonna. Is this that loss was not just on Russ? Um, it, it was on it was on everybody. Everybody had a part except Russ. Cause like I said, Russ um definitely had the most efficient night at the Laker last night. And it was and it was impressive. And I just feel like for a non-shooting team, 40 attempts yeah. is crazy. That's is. crazy for the Lakers. If y'all are not shooting team, they took all the bait that Golden State was leaving out there on that three-point mm-hmm. line. Absolutely. They took it every time and they ate it up. Ate it up. 43. Brown missed seven threes. A A D for who I don't even understand why he takes the threes at this point. He's like so hit or miss from three point line sometimes, and he was all missed tonight. Pat Bev thought he was on one, shot five of them, and he that's the only there's only types of shot Pat Bev even took tonight or last night, I should say. It was a three point shot. So, I mean, I, I don't really expect a lot from like like I've, I've been telling you they they got Lonnie Walker um, as they they third best guard in that line. So. But one thing I wanted to touch on, I don't know if you actually saw this or not, but it was it was going around social media too. Um, I believe like the, all today was the fact that Braun and like Draymond had this conversation like in the middle of like a like a not a timeout, but like, I think there was like a free throw or something, and they just had like a full blown conversation. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, bro. You can't do that. You can't. You can't do that as, as a competitor. You can't do that. Draymond, he can do whatever he want to do. He not held to the same standard as a LeBron James. Exactly. Exactly. You can do whatever you want to do, Draymond. And it's rain night for you, Draymond. So you definitely That's what I'm saying. Come on, bro. So Draymond was going to fall into the antics. Exactly. Exactly, bro. As a competitor, 
in the league. That, come on, bro. Your team, at that point, I think they were down. They were down. Like, they were all out of the game by that point. So, like, them, like, laughing and then giggling and hee-hee. And then, then that happens, and then they turn around and be like, man, Russ not trying to be part of the team. Like, come on, bro. Like, if your yo exactly. captain, the captain of your team is over there joking with the other team mid-game, how you supposed to? Come on, bro. Uh, that's all I'm saying. I personally, um, obviously, it's only one game. Nobody's, like, overreacting over the one game because, obviously, they could definitely get a lot better. But I don't know. I don't, I don't think you, you should you should do that at the half. But, you know, these are they, they do whatever they want, bro. They make million dollars, so they do whatever they want. I just don't think as a competitor you could do that. LeBron, my favorite player, but nah, you can't do that. Michael Jordan would have never did that. Oh, no. Kobe Bryant is not oh, ha no. kicking over there with them. They're not doing that. No. So this is why I, this you know, LeBron, my guy. It's different. It's have, a different league, man. There's certain things I'll be talking about. And speaking of LeBron, like we told you guys um, last podcast. We are going to be doing the LeBron James tracker for the rest of the season. So LeBron James had scored 31 points last night. So that is going to add to his total to 37,093 points on the way to 38. So stay tuned with us to continuously follow uh, LeBron James and see him make history throughout this upcoming NBA season. And if you guys have made it to the end of the episode, obviously we very appreciate you and we value uh, your listening ears and we want you to continue listening, of course. So make sure you hit the subscribe, continuously follow us uh, for our next episode. Like I said, that we'll be continuously dropping um, on Fridays at 8.30 Central, 9.30 Eastern Time. Please stay tuned. We out. Peace. Peace.